Today, we're going to look at uh, verses 1 to 5, which will help us to understand how stunning and striking a place heaven is. We see a vision which let us move inside the heavenly city. We then discover the fact that it is like a beautiful garden reminiscent of the Garden of Eden. There were four rivers in the Garden of Eden, according to Genesis chapter 2, verses 10 to 14. But there is only one river in the holy city, in the holy heavenly city. It is the great river of life, which flowers from, from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This crystal clear river then runs throughout the new Jerusalem to provide healing and life for all who live on its shores. Not only that, all the troubles and the trials of life will pass into perfect peace and happiness, which we can see uh, uh, in, his king, in the kingdom of God. Again, we will see this perfect happiness and perfect peace when we see our Savior and Lord Christ Jesus face to face in heaven. This morning, let us then discover the wonders of the river of God. Firstly, the river gives life. That's exactly what verse 1 says. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. It gives us life. Throughout the scriptures, we are given many symbols of the water of life that comes from this river. In chapter 37, Ezekiel has been down to the uh, valley of dry bones. We know that this story, so I'm not going to repeat this story. He was... Uh, uh, he, he had been down to the valley of a dry bone, representing the dead spirituality of Israel as a nation. These dry bones also stand for every people who did not have the life-giving stream of God in their lives. When God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones uh, live again? That was a question. God was actually asking a question for which there was only, there was only one answer if we answer in the power and ability of a human being. That answer would have to be no. It is impossible these dry bones back to life. 
but in the power of the living water, in the power of the life, giving river of water, these bones could not only live, but they could become a mighty nation, able to do great things, able to do great things for the glory of God. When you come to the New Testament, in John chapter 4, we can see a Samaritan woman at the well who heard the words of Jesus. How he can give her living water. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of, of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus Christ is offering her living water, a spring of water welling up to abundant life. Obviously, Jesus led the woman into the unseen depth of the living water. He could do that because he himself is the living water, the way, the life, and the truth. Unlike the woman, there are too many people who will not go out into the de deep river of relationship with Christ Jesus. Because it requires a commitment of faith in him. They don't want to surrender to Jesus. They refuse to believe that his power will keep them afloat and give them the living water for everlasting life. People simply uh, have no intention to give up being a God in their own lives and enjoying the pleasures of the world, which is sin according to the word of God. They wanted to be in charge and control of their own destiny, even if it goes to the eternal destruction. It is sad to see that. Nevertheless, every Christian must step out into the water, into the water of living life, and begin to explore the things of God. As Christians become mature in Christ, their relationship with their Savior grows a little bit deeper and deeper each day until finally the spring of eternal life that is undoubtedly Christ Jesus our Savior. Our relationship with him must grow. Our faithfulness toward him must be strengthened by his word, the word of living life. Why is it so? Because Jesus 
is the, uh, is the one and only source of that river. And he dwells in the heart of every Christian, every believer, to provide the ability, strength, and courage to reach out to others and have them washed in the blood of Savior also. It is not our strength, it is not our determination, but God's strength and his courage, we can proclaim the good news of this living water to others. Always remember, the Holy Spirit within uh, each of us is the conviction and the manifestation of that river, of that living water as he speaks through us, leads us, and teaches us every day. So we must listen to the word of God through the Holy Spirit so that we know we have this true living water in our lives. Secondly, again in verse 1, the river of God is pure. This water, this river is pure. It is obvious that the river of God is not simply a natural river. The river flows directly from God's throne. Thus, the river is the very source of all purity. By and large, people in a well-developed and established city like Melbourne, Sydney, maybe here in, even here in Kerrang, give little thought to the purity of their water. They take it for granted. They turn on the tap, out comes clean water. Isn't that great? It's clean water. Whether people want to get a drink, clean the dishes, do laundry, take a shower, or water the garden, they expect the water to be clean. But where does that water come from? The source. Whether it is a rain tank recycled or treated town water line determines if the water is pure. No one wants to drink water that smells like a rotten egg. Evidently, we don't want to have brown water come out of the tap. Having said that, we must know that the river of God is pure because its source is the throne of the holy living God. It's not a a rain tank water. It is water. It is river from our holy living God. So holy can mean no stain, no dirt, no sin. Thus perfectly and absolutely pure. Therefore, it cannot give sickness, disease, and even death. The only gift the river of God will give us is the living, pure water, which 
gives us eternal life. So in this case, even though we are Presbyterians, we can say hallelujah, meaning praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why then is pure water again so important? Pure water has cleansing power. It has power to, to clean each and every one of us. Every day around the world, we see people as they use water to wash everything around them. Water has a cleansing power that is beneficial to all of us. But the cleansing, cleansing power of the river of God goes far deeper and powerfully and stronger than that of natural water. The water from our tap can only cleanse the outside and make us look good. But the living water from the river of God reaches down into the very heart of people and washes away the stain and the and death of sin completely. The river of God, which is pure, will set us free from the bondage of sin, judgment of sin, destruction of the, uh, the lake of burning sulfur, as we are washed by the living water of our holy God. In other words, this holy water, this living water, this pure water changes people from enemies who should be punished to the people of God who will be rewarded. It transforms them from the prison of sin to the citizen of heaven. It shifts people from death to life, death to abundant life, death to eternal life. It directs them from the wide road to hell to the narrow way to the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Look, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus, our Savior, wants us to be clean without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. For that divine purpose, for that divine reason, our Savior Christ Jesus died on the cross. He offered himself. He obeyed perfectly to the death on the cross so that we can be clean. We can be free from the bondage of sin and punishment of sin. He then make us good enough, perfectly holy and blameless to be presentable to himself at his return as a beautiful bride on her wedding day. Thirdly, the river is also divine resources of God. It is an, an, an exhaustible, an endless supply of everything we need 
for the life and the next. Thus, there is uh, the tree of life on each side of the river, according to verse 2. Fascinatingly, this tree of life reveals the fulfillment of God's divine work. From Genesis to Revelation, God's plan is completed. In order to understand the completion of God's providence, we should look at uh, we should look back at Genesis chapter three. In Genesis chapter three, Adam committed sin against God. Man was prohibited from eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and prevented from eating of the tree of life that's being recorded in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. And if you look at, uh, chap- if you look at chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. <coughs> Genesis chapter 3, verse 23. And 24 says, So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work, to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the, on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and the flaming sword, flashing back and forth to guard the way to the river, uh, to the tree of life. God put a guard around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. On the contrary, here in Genesis chapter 22, new heaven and new earth, in this new place, heaven, the eternal home, our eternal home that our Savior went to prepare. There is no flashing sword that keeps us out. Do you see the change? Now, God has uh, allowed us to enjoy this fruit of a tree. Instead, right here in the center of the city of God, is abundant fruit that is available all the times. We will have free access to the tree of life. Every single month, it is bearing fruit. We therefore should know that the river and the tree symbolize abundant life in the glorious city, the kingdom of God. Subsequently, there is no more crime. There is no more tear. There is no more pain. And there will be no death. Notice the leaves of the tree at the end of verse 2. It says, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. That word nations means, uh, uh, can be translated people. Therefore, 
everyone in heaven is healed. You and I will be healed completely and perfectly. Of course, and Isaiah chapter 3 says, by his wound we have been healed. We are healed right now and we will be healed perfectly in the kingdom of God. The truth is that Jesus himself is the undisturbable and indisputable and undeniable concrete evidence for his healing. When Jesus rose from the grave, he rose with an indestructible, physically and spiritually perfect resurrected body, just like the one that we will have. I don't know what that one will be, but you and I will be in a perfect resurrected body in the kingdom of God, enjoying these fruits of trees and also perfect peace. We will have absolutely healed bodies that never get sick or lame in heaven. With this healed bodies, with this perfect resurrected body, we will eternally glorify God and dwell in God's holy presence. What's more, we will get to see the face of God according to verse 4. To see his face means that we are no longer strangers and aliens. Our relationship with him is restored and it becomes intimate and personal relationship. Why? It is because we now belong to him. We will become his personal possessions. We will be his children and his name will be on their foreheads. It means ownership, doesn't it? Look, all throughout scripture, the greatest desire of godly people was to see the face of God up close and personal. According to Psalm 27 verse 4, David wrote, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That is the one thing King David wanted, to gaze upon his beauty. But sadly, we know that in the Old Testament, this wasn't possible. This wasn't permitted. It was well-known truth that anyone who saw God would surely die. His presence, his holy presence would consume them. That was how holy God was and how sinful mankind was. But things are completely changed since Jesus died on the cross and rose again. It is now possible. It is now allowed and permitted and guaranteed, even encouraged. In, in verse 4 tells us that heaven is a place where we can see the face of God. We can see the face of God without having the fear of being killed. 
we will see our Redeemer. We will see our good shepherd, Jesus, who will stand upon the earth. We ourselves will see God, holy God, with our own eyes. This is what our hearts yearn and long for. Look, you and I will see our God, our holy God in his kingdom. Surely, if you look at around us right now, we live in a dry land. We live in a thirsty land. Life in this uh, desolate, sin-darkened world is hard. We don't believe that the lives of genuine Christians are going to be easy and comfortable in this world. Even if we are on guard against the power of evil, it will continuously and, and constantly invade our heart, mind, and lives. Sin will bring the sentence of death upon people again and again. And our Savior, Jesus, warned us, the world will hate you because of my name. We don't expect quality. We're going to expect a perfect piece of life here on earth. It cannot be done because we have faith in Christ. We don't belong to this world. But we Christians have a promise of God. We have promise of his help, which is also sure hope. The river of God brings uh, begins at the throne of our God and of the Lamb. It also comes from the cross of our Savior. It gives us the power to overcome and the power to be healed and satisfied by the Spirit of God in every circumstances because we know that God, our God, has it all under control. And he will be our refuge and strength. That is the reason we don't look for help from this world. We look for our help from our God. After all, it has been proved that revelation is not to be uh, uh, feared, but a book that gives us hope. It is a book that gives uh, that use signed symbols and numbers to point us to the belief that in the end, in the end, God will be victorious. He will prevail. It also teaches us that the river of God makes significant changes and gives eternal benefits to the heart and lives of those who follow Christ Jesus at all costs. When we place our faith and our trust in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, more importantly, promise of return for us, we can today experience the power of the river of salvation and the cleansing power of the blood of the Lamb to wash over us completely. We don't have to wait until we die, but we can 
taste of the river of everlasting life even today. From now on, we should be able to drink the waters of salvation by faith and enjoy the triumphant victory and the authority in glory that only, that only our King, our Lord Christ Jesus can offer. Here is God's wonderful and victorious promise in verse 5. I'll read verse 5 as my conclusion. In verse 5 it says, There will be no more night. There will, there will not need the light of a lamp of the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. With the power and might of, might of our God, we shall reign as kings over the, over the new heaven and earth. What an honor. What a privilege. So we must say, our Lord God Almighty, come again. Amen.